To live a life of real blessing and satisfaction before God, Pastor Ray Bentley says it takes full surrender. Radical obedience. That's what God's will is for your life and mine. You want to know the reality of the Bible? You want to experience the glory of the Lord? Then radical obedience. Lord, I want to obey you in every area radically. I need forgiveness. I need your grace. I need Jesus. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. No one likes anything that's half-baked, literally or metaphorically. The scriptures would indicate God isn't a fan of half-baked believers, Christians who are just simmering, not glowing red hot for Christ. Some important encouragement today based in James chapter one. Glad you're along for our study. Verse 21, James says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. He's saying, look, guys, get rid of everything that was drowning you and poisoning you and ruining your life. Let it be set aside. We must choose to set aside our pride and the wicked ways, and let's just hear the Word of God and let the Word of God come into us because it's through the Word and the teaching and the preaching of the Word which brings us Jesus that we're born again and that we are saved. And notice that he also says that receive with meekness the implanted Word. Now, what does meekness mean? Some people think meekness is kind of, you know, oh, I'm just meek, you know, and being shy. No, it has nothing to do with personality. The word meek actually means to be teachable. Are you teachable? If you have been truly born again of the Holy Spirit, then you you have to be teachable. Because in the world, the, the attitude is, You know, being successful is that you know where you're going and you have the answers and and you live by this self-sufficiency and this arrogance and this pride. And once you're saved, that is so dumb. Because obviously, look around. Do people know where they're going or do people know what they're doing? No. The world is a mess. And so the first part of of hearing the gospel, I mean, it's, it's so powerful and it's so obvious. We're sinners. Receive the word with a teachable heart. Be eager to learn. Now, he goes on, verse 22 and 23. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man that he was. So he he says, look, it's good that you are hearing the word because after all, there are plenty of people that don't want to listen to the word of God. They want to be entertained all the time. But entertainment does not meet the needs of a human spirit made in the image of God. So we're to come to the word 
But now James says, but don't just be hearers. Don't just come and listen more and more Bible studies and learn more and more knowledge and information. Be doers of the word. This is extremely powerful and important that you not only hear the word with a teachable spirit, but you are, he's talking about the way you listen. And the way you listen is I'm listening and I want to learn and I want to, you know, write it down so that I can do it. I want to live it. I want to experience it. Now, let me say that over the course of time in your Christian life, if you do not put into practice and obey and do the things that you hear and that you learn, that there is something that will happen about your learning. It will begin to be detached from your life and from reality. So he says, it's like the Bible is a mirror. The word of God is a mirror. And if all you do is hear the word and then you go away and you're not changed, it's like looking in a mirror, walking away and forgetting what you look like. In reality, this mirror, you look in the mirror and you go, whoa, I have got a lot of sin in my life. I can't believe how proud I am, how arrogant I am, how angry I get at people and throw my weight around and my opinions around. And, but that's healthy and it is necessary. And as it reveals these things, then you adjust and you repent and you ask forgiveness and you say, Lord, help me. Yes, it has exposed my weaknesses and I don't want to be this way. Help me, Lord. And then you give your body and you give effort. Jesus said to be a Christian is like picking up your cross and following him daily. It is not easy. And I understand, I know, I'm a human being too. I understand that we want it easy. And I also know that we're bombarded with the advertising of all these books and you know, ways and beliefs and philosophies and religions that say, hey, there's a, you don't have to go that Christian way and the cross. It's easy. Just do, you know, whatever. Every other path other than Christianity offers an easier road. That's why it's so alluring and why so often the cults and weird things and people go after it. But it doesn't get to the core of our being. It doesn't answer to the sin problem that you finally go, man, the very fiber of my being is sinful. I need something more powerful to deliver me. You need the cross. And then you need to adopt that philosophy of Jesus. And you have to get to the point where you're not afraid of, of that emotional pain. So many other religions are about, you know, numbing yourself. That's what the devil wants. That's the philosophy of the world is why should you live in pain? This place it stinks, it's horrible, man. Numb it, drug it, alcohol it, you know, uh, indulge, whatever you need to do to let you know, pressure off. That's the answer to the world. But it leads to death and destruction and loneliness and emptiness and just a bigger pile of guilt and a bigger weight of depression upon you. No, you've said we come to the word. If you want to experience the word, it doesn't come by amassing more knowledge and more Bible studies and hearing more information. Transformation comes when even when you know a little bit, you apply it and you do it. When you do it, then you learn, then you grow. And I found that the more obedient that I became in areas of my life, I began to experience new levels and depths 
of the kingdom of heaven and of the Holy Spirit and went from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So James' exhortation is, do the word, don't be hearers only. And I will admit to you, if, if all we could see when we looked into the mirror of the Bible was all of our flaws, uh, wow, if that's all there is, that can get old and it, and it gets hard. But there's another image that you can also see in this mirror called the Bible. And there's a story in Pilgrim's Progress where he saw this looking glass. And he said, oh my goodness, Pilgrim is, it's an analogy of the Christian life. When I turn it one way, I see things in myself that are gross and disgusting and that I cannot believe and it causes me to repent of all of them. He goes, but when I take the looking glass and turn it another way, I see the most beautiful man I've ever seen. I see the prince of the pilgrims. I see one who has so much love in his eyes, who has a crown of thorns, and who has the wisdom of the ages, and the compassion that I can feel in every cell of my being. He was saying, I see Jesus. That's what draws me back again and again and again, is I see Jesus in the Word. Every book from Genesis to Revelation is exciting to look for the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is very gracious. He gives you a little bit, okay, look, look, okay, yeah, that's uh, weird and disgusting, repent of that, okay, now, enough of that, now let me show you Jesus. Ah, Lord. That's why we continue to look into the Word. 2 Corinthians 3.18 is in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we are transformed when we see Him, we want to be like Him, and we put on, as it were, the nature of Christ into our lives. And so the truth is that if the Word of God has not made a change in our lives, then it is not really entered into our lives. Now look in verse 25. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I don't know about you, but I, I need and want every advantage and blessing that I can get in this life. Life is hard enough, and I am, I am not ashamed to say I want desperately the blessing of God in my life. Here's how. In verse 25, he says, looking into the perfect law of liberty, continues it, is not a forgetful here, but he is a doer. Those who do the word receive a blessing, not just those who hear it. And in fact, there's a warning. If we do not obey the light we have, our vision will be dim. Jesus' disciples came to him one time and they said, you know, Jesus, there's something we don't understand. When you talk to us, you give us mysteries and you give us details and you, and you give us secrets about the kingdom of heaven. But when you talk to the religious guys that are, and you know, I'm paraphrasing, interpreting, they're above us. They have, their, they have the names, they're priests, they're scholars, they're theologians, they have the robes, they have the positions, they have the schooling. You talk to them in parables. We don't know why. We don't understand. Jesus gave this answer in Matthew 13, verses 11 through 13. Let me read it to you. Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you 
but not to them. And then he said an interesting thing, whoever has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. I remember being a young Christian thinking, wow, that sounds kind of mean. Jesus is taken away from some people and he's giving to others. What's going on and, and why? Well, in the context, here's what Jesus was saying. The reason that I speak to them in parables so that it's harder for them to figure it out is because the revelations that have already come to them, they didn't believe and they didn't obey. If they had obeyed the revelations that were given, then when I came, they would have accepted me, seen me, loved me, and I could have given them all of that. But the fact is that they didn't want to obey what they heard. They gained more and more knowledge, more and more information. They liked their position, their place. They liked the religious, you know, deal that they're in. But they don't obey. And so they're losing their understanding. Their minds are actually becoming dull. And so this is a very interesting truth. I don't know if you are aware of this, but it is possible that you can hear more and more Bible studies, you can get into the Greek language and you can study the Hebrew and you can get into the history and you can get into the theology and you can fill your mind with knowledge and with degrees and with wisdom. But if you don't obey it and apply it along the way, you actually are understanding less and less. It is possible to have the robe, the name, the reputation, the honor, the degrees, and the titles after your name and end up being an agnostic. I don't know if I believe in Jesus anymore or not. They can't see it. They don't get it. They don't believe it anymore. Why? What happened? Because they stopped obeying it a long time ago. And now, as a revelation of their pride, they're actually standing above the Bible, deciding and judging for themselves what they like, don't like, accept, don't accept, etc. So Jesus says the reason that you understand the secrets is you're living it, you're applying it. So if you want to really grow, obey. If you obey, more secrets will be revealed, more mysteries will unfold, more understanding will come to you. And then once you obey it, then you do hunger for more knowledge. But the motivation that you desire more knowledge has now changed. I want to learn more so I can obey more because the more I obey, the more of heaven I experience in my soul. And now everything is lined up right. Truth obeyed brings more truth, but disobedience to the truth results in loss of understanding. Therefore, do something with what you have while there is time. Amen? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. In the past few months at Maranatha Radio, so many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teaching has meant to them. Bless you, Pastor Ray. You ignited my soul in ways I could not have imagined and blessed me with a deepened love for the Bible. You made scripture come to life. Bless your family. Dear Lord, bring his family, especially his wife, Vicki, peace. Praise God, Ray is home. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website 
at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, he goes on to say, and he who looks, I, I also want to say this, when you look into, it means to look intently or to stare at and to study and to respond to what you see. When it says look intently into the law of liberty, it's the same word used of Peter when he went in, and by the way, he didn't, for some reason though Jesus told him I'm going to be resurrected on the third day, he didn't get it or believe it. And you say, well, how is that possible? They saw Jesus raise other people from the dead. And I think what it was is that, well, yeah, when he was alive, he could do miracles. But now that he's dead, what can a dead person do? And somehow they just couldn't hear it. So then the story gets out, Jesus' body is missing. He's alive. Peter, still incredulous, runs to the tomb. He goes into the empty tomb and it's, he bent over and the word used there is stared, intently, gazing, drinking in what he was saying, which was the grave clothes. You know how they wound them in the Jewish fashion from the, the toes to the neck and a separate piece from the neck up to the head. And, it, and again, the, the beautiful part of it is it's not that it was unwound over in the corner. It was the mummified wrappings had just fallen flat. The body had disappeared. Peter is staring at it. That same word, staring, gazing, is what James uses now to look into the word of God in order to be able to be a doer of the word. He was transformed by what he saw and he ran from there and he obeyed the rest of his life. And in fact, at the end of his life, Peter was crucified. And you know his reputation. I love how the Bible tells the truth about the guy. He was at one time, I'll die for you. And then he's a coward. And then he ends up at the end of his life being crucified just like Jesus was. I don't know if you knew that or not. Peter was crucified. And they tell him, look, man, deny this nonsense or we're going to do to you what we did to your Lord. And he goes, go ahead then. I'm telling you, I have seen him. He is alive. And by the way, when you crucify me, turn my cross upside down, for I am not worthy to be crucified as my Lord was. And that's what history says happened to Peter. This guy was a human like you and me. He was a big mouth and he had boastings and he was a coward and he ran away and something happened in his life. He became a doer of the word to the very end of his days. That's what James is saying. And so James is saying that, you know, when you see your weaknesses, you cry out, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And here's what the end of, of that kind of staring into the mirror of the word is. If you have a pen or pencil, just write down these, this one phrase, these two words. This is the whole message this morning from the Lord to you and to me. Write down the words, radical obedience. Radical obedience. That's what God's will is for your life and mine. Radical obedience. You want to know the reality of the Bible? You want to experience the glory of the Lord? Then radical obedience. Lord, I want to obey you in every area radically. I need forgiveness. I need your grace. I need Jesus. Amen? Now, look with me in verse 26. He says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is 
useless. So pure religion is taming the tongue or putting a bridle on the tongue. James compares the tongue to the power of a horse. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. So if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Finally, verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows. And, and it shows when you are compassionate for those who are widows and orphans and those who are in distress, that's the heart of your Father and you are reflecting the heart of your Father. That is truly pure religion. And finally, though, he says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. In other words, pure religion is to live a pure life and stay away from the filth of the world. Watch what your eyes see and what your ears hear and what you read and, and uh, limit it to that which is edifying and, and blessing and, and holy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Did you hear that? Are you ready to put it into practice? All right, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here saying, okay, I'm ready. What do I do? I know I'm a sinner. I want forgiveness. I want to go to heaven. What do I do? Pray right now with me. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer that will ask Jesus to come inside of your heart. And he says, if you invite me in, I will come in and I'll forgive you of everything you've ever done. I'll fill you with my spirit. I'll write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life and take you to heaven when you die. Your eternal future is, can be given as a gift in that moment. It's that simple. Now I'm going to ask us to pray out loud, all of us who know the Lord and reaffirming our faith in Him and encouraging those who are now maybe praying for the first time. Now let's pray out loud after this manner. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I'm so sorry for everything that I've done wrong. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you for paying for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come into my life to be my personal Lord and Savior. Please fill me with the Holy Spirit. I receive the gift of eternal life. Lord, I thank you for any who have prayed, even one. We rejoice with all of heaven. Thank you, Lord. And now bring us collectively to Calvary, to the cross, and to remember and to worship the Lamb of God, Jesus, who takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with an important word of prayer. And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we invite you to go online to raybentley.com to find out more about living the Christian life. Just click About when you get there. Again, go to raybentley.com. Now, today's study is titled Pure Religion Transforms. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. 
There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day, automatically, at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, The Cyrus Mandate and As the Days of Noah, both prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicle series. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. And you can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.